Our culture is in a crisis, and the solution to that crisis is the gospel message. St. John's Seminary, the seminary of the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, offers an online MA in pastoral ministry degree for anyone interested in receiving formation for ministry. This program helps students improve their knowledge of the Catholic intellectual tradition and develop practical skills for ministry. A studio with professional video, audio, and lighting equipment allows our students to have an enjoyable technological experience, a necessity for any online learning environment. Anyone who is working in and around the Roman Catholic Church in North America needs an education like this. There's no way you could get this kind of education anywhere than at a seminary. Our online Master of Arts in Pastoral Ministry offers you the chance to continue your education in ministry and designed to provide you with the knowledge, spiritual formation, and practical skills that you need to serve the family of God in our parishes, schools, and other ministries. By grounding yourself in the intellectual tradition of the Catholic Church, you will be able to go out into this culture and leaven it with the good news. Welcome to the podcast. My guest today is Teresa Runyon, who is a master catechist for the Archdiocese of Los Angeles and a pastoral associate at Padre Sarah Parish here in Camarillo, California. Uh, has been a pastoral associate since 2022, but has worked at Padre Sarah uh, in a variety of different capacities for more than 22 years. And uh, Teresa is also an alumna of our MAPM program in its previous iteration when it was on campus. Uh, first of all, Teresa, welcome back to St. John's Seminary. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much, Dr. Squires. So I wanted to just talk about um, pastoral ministry, uh, your, your title as a pastoral associate. What is a pastoral associate? What are the challenges in the 21st century for lay ministry in particular? Uh, talk a bit about your community here at Padre Sarah, how it might have its sort of unique challenges. Uh, so those are the, the types of uh, things I'd like to talk about, the, the conversation. Uh, I mentioned uh, that you're a pastoral associate. Um, why don't we just start with that? What, what is a pastoral associate? Um, what do you do? What do you not do? And uh, what are the ways that pastoral associates support parishes? Well, I think the easiest way to understand what a pastoral associate is, because I do get that question a lot, is a lay associate pastor. So typically parishes have obviously a pastor, Mm -hmm. and uh, some parishes have multiple priests, associate pastors. A lot of times, um, many parishes don't have the associate pastor. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like a pastoral associate kind of fits into that role in terms of the pastoral care and leadership of the parish, mm-hmm. um, to be co-responsible with the parish, the, with the pastor to do that. Um, but without the, obviously the ordination and, yeah. and the sacramental responsibilities, but in terms of all of the other, um, pastoral care, uh, it, really they, they do parallel. So, yeah, so other than the sacramental parts, um, which obviously is in the purview of, of, uh, of a priest or deacon, um, depending on the responsibility, what, what exactly are the sort of uh, activities? You, you talked about sort of uh, pastoral leadership. So what, what's the nitty-gritty uh, details on that? The, in, our, in our situation, uh, every parish is different in terms of what they need from a pastoral associate. So at Padre Sarah, uh, as a, the pastoral associate, kind of 
two or threefold, um, partnering with with our pastor, Father Patrick, in, in pastoral care of of people, of individuals, and their and their needs. Um, but I also provide pastoral care for the ministry leaders, mm. and not solely that, but very um, very practically as well. I'm there uh, for all the adult ministries in the parish, and we have about sixty or so. I am their point of contact, their liaison, their advocate uh, for uh, logistics, so scheduling rooms, mm-hmm. uh, getting things in the bulletin, um, just providing for their marketing, um, but also and and mainly to support the ministry leaders in their work, mm-hmm. in their uh, work with their volunteers, in their constituents. So supporting them mm-hmm. and uh, kind of loving them yeah. uh, along the way giving them um, support when they have um, issues or questions, uh, encouragement, mm-hmm. you know, that, uh, you know, especially when they feel overwhelmed. Right. Um, Which but, can happen often. Oh, sure. Especially uh, for the reputation of youth ministers, yeah, of, of the burnout in particular with that. So obviously, yeah, there's going to be the logistical, you know, reserving yeah. rooms and all that. but. Yeah. There's also that sort of uh, spiritual or ministerial component. Yes. So, how, what what is what is that for you? What is that is is, is as they need meeting one on one when they have uh, a question, a challenge, an issue, um, when they're perhaps feeling a little bit of burnout, um, and just helping them to continue developing the ministry mm-hmm. so that it, and always continuing to align it with the mission of, of the parish and the church. Um, but oftentimes, you know, they themselves as, as parishioners, you know, they have their own struggles. So oftentimes I will, you know, meet with them in that mm-hmm. capacity as well. Uh, but just also to, and then, you know, help them develop ministry, mm-hmm. develop leadership, develop their volunteers. Uh, so very much one-on-one mm-hmm. aside from all the logistical stuff. Yeah. 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 So um, one of the things that I'm guessing is attractive for a position like this is it it, it, it doesn't have a, uh, you know, a, a sort of rigid routine, right? I'm guessing every day is, is uh, a bit different or at least in a seasonal capacity. So I don't know if this is a fair question, but can you describe a sort of a day in the life of a, a lay minister? What's a typical day like? Oh, a typical day. It's a typical day is... Uh, always starting with emails. <laughs> Got to see what's what's going right, on. Yeah. What is what has come in, yeah. and uh, you know, it's balanced with long range planning um, with the immediate needs of the day. Uh, so there could be um, so e- emails, voicemails, connecting back with people, any kind of you know uh, practical help in some way, but also responding to the needs of prisoners who might be looking for an appointment, mm-hmm. uh, have questions about um, whatever pastoral issues they have. So it, you know, and it, that could be phone, email, could be people who come into the office. Uh, oftentimes it is folks who come in hoping to see somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that the day could be well planned out and then <laughs> fall apart immediately. And then <laughs> I don't want to say interrupted because sure. it's part of the work, but yeah. you know, you do have your, you do have your plan, yeah. you know, and then, uh, but then we, uh, we modify the plan mm-hmm. as, as the needs arise. I'd mentioned that uh, you've been at Padre Sarah in a variety of, of uh, 
capacities for over 20 years. So, you know, in the, f- the first 20 years of the 21st century, basically, uh, and, and a lot of things in church and in culture have changed. So describe the, the ministerial landscape in, um, in the Catholic Church in, in California in the 21st century. I'm, I'm sure it's, it's quite different from what it was 20 years ago when you started, S- certainly different from when you were a child. So oh, definitely. what does it look like? How has it changed in that time? I think even in that time, the, what has changed is um, in people's engagement hmm. with their with their faith, um, you know, how they identify as a Catholic, I think has, has changed. Mm -hmm. You know, I think before, especially when I was growing up, uh, you know, you were a Catholic going to mass every Sunday, Mm -hmm. you know, Catholic school, uh, you know, for your children, whatever, uh, youth ministry, that, those kinds of things. Uh, Now I, I, I see less engagement that, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe mass is, more like once a month, um, the call to volunteer, mm-hmm. uh, I think has, has changed, uh, maybe not so much the call, but the response, mm-hmm. uh, I think there's, it's a little bit more difficult to, to find people to, uh, who are willing to engage in parish life and yeah. ministry. Is there a root cause or causes we can point to for that shift? Is that a response to cultural pressures or the church itself, challenges we're going through, or is it I, too big of an issue? It might be. It, it's pretty big, but and I think there's multi. it's multifaceted. I think there's just an, a change in our culture, mm-hmm. especially our American culture, all yeah. Southern California culture, that uh, faith, spirituality, the practice of is maybe not as, as uh, important. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I think the pandemic really, really put a, a thorn in there and there was, you know, and we, and it was actually an opportunity for some of our, of our ministry leaders to, to retire and step back. Mm -hmm. Uh, but then there was really nobody kind of waiting in the wings, you know, that we had and, and to attract people to, to help. So I I think it's more of a one-on-one approach Mm -hmm. to identify people and really uh, get to know them uh, as opposed to just this blanket call to, you know, we need your help. And no matter what people would show up. Mm -hmm. And now I think it's more of a, a one-on-one approach, one-on-one invitation. Mm -hmm. Uh, Talk about uh, Padre Sarah here in Southern California. Um, What are the particular challenges and, and opportunities of this community that you've been at for so long? The challenges, hmm, I think always, always time I think in mm-hmm. is in, perhaps this is around the around the country but there's lots of things pulling at at people um, from you know children and all of their uh, activities mm-hmm. uh, I'm also seeing quite a few uh, middle-aged folks having to uh, care for older parents sure. aging parents uh, while either raising children or helping with grandchildren. So I think there's a pull in different directions mm-hmm. um, in, in family life to to where you, where they're being called to, which, mm-hmm. I mean, really is the domestic church, and that's, right, you know, right, where right. they should be in those times. But but uh, we're just a f- fast-paced society. And mm-hmm. We need social. to slow down a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's certainly something... Uh, um, 
across the the country, not just at Padre Sarah, I'm imagining. I mean, not just that you know we're we're pulled in multiple directions, but there's all this sort of um, cult of work in this country where you know if if you're only putting in 40 hours a week, right. then there's something wrong with you. And uh, people are always talking. It's it's very strange. I notice you know people on the one hand are always talking about uh, you know they don't have time to do X, Y, and Z, and then on the other hand. I look at some of these videos, for example, that people upload to YouTube, and I'm like, who has time to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Who has time to make these videos? Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a very, it's, it's, it's very um, mixed, mixed um, signals that are being sent uh-huh. that we're so busy, and yet um, you, have this, you have all these technologies also that make, make life uh, easier and give us more time. So sure. it's uh, very perplexing. Um, in recent years, especially since... Um, the Second Vatican Council, for, for a variety of reasons, uh, laymen and women have been um, left with many different ministerial roles in the church uh, that maybe they hadn't had in the past. Uh, from, for personally, you know, I'm a lay theologian. Prior to Vatican II, there weren't a lot of lay theologians, certainly not in the Catholic Church. So that's one area where um, lay people have stepped up. Uh, but in the ministry world, I'm sort of interested in that. Um, how do you envision the opportunities and limits of lay ministry in the Catholic Church um, in the 21st century coming out of the past couple of decades and then looking towards the future? What are, the, what are those opportunities and limits of lay ministry? Oh, there's so many opportunities uh, as parishes have grown and the needs have grown, uh, ministries have grown, or the ideas of ministry have grown. There's so many places that lay people can, can use their talents. Uh, that they've been given. Uh, I I think when I was growing up in typically post-Vatican, you know, to parishes, it was still pretty limited staff, you Mm -hmm. know, and you certainly had, you know, kind of the, uh, you know, you had the pastor, the, the associate pastors, the secretary, maybe a DRE, you know, uh, but just in my time working for the church since I was 15 years old, it's, it's grown quite a quite mm-hmm. a bit uh, so there's all sorts of opportunities in places where where lay people can uh, either volunteer or you know even be a part of uh, uh, as a staff member a paid staff member to to um, use their their gifts and talents to bring the word of God to the parish yeah you mentioned a second ago DRE which stands for director of religious education how would you articulate the, the similarities and differences between a pastoral associate and a DRE? Well, I know there are some pastoral associates who who are who act as the DRE, uh, the director of religious education. In my case, I and typically when we when we say a DRE, we we kind of are, we tend to think about for children and mm-hmm. teens, uh, and which at Padre Sarah we do have um, that position, a mm-hmm. DRE. So they're. Uh, primarily responsible for all of the children and teens. In my case, as a pastoral associate, one of my areas that I am charged with is adult fam- for adult faith formation. Mm-hmm. So we do um, uh, we do partner in, in that way mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to the formation, uh, the catechesis mm-hmm. of our parish. You know whether that's um, more through whole family or um, just. Uh, sharing with the, you know, uh, what's going on in the parish with, with the adults that are involved in, like the parents and the catechists, you know, inviting mm-hmm. them to adult faith formation opportunities. So we do parallel a little bit mm-hmm. that way. 
and collaborate that way. Um, so as I sort of mentioned a moment ago, there is, in the past few decades, sort of shifting responsibilities of lay people in the church. And there is, rightly or wrongly, a stereotype, is that the right word? Um, an assumption that, you know, a lot of priests and deacons uh, don't get along well with, with the lay ministers because there's sort of a territorialism, you know, this is this is my realm and you guys are stepping into something like that. And, and certainly I'm sure there are individuals like that, there's no question. Um, but I'm sort of curious about um, your experience uh, either Padres or elsewhere, uh, or, or what you've heard from other lay ministers about the relationship between lay ministers mm-hmm. and pastors, ordained pastors, and, and how um, how they can and should work together hand in hand. What are the tensions where this might cra- creep up, including you know the sort of territorial aspects? Uh, how, how have you experienced the the relationships between ordained and lay ministers? Well, I'll, I'll start with what I've what I've heard, uh, just in in from among other pastoral associates. Is there can be challenges, and um, a little bit of this is my territory, mm-hmm. this is yours, you know, yeah. and and they should not be be mixed. Um, uh, but my experience at Padre Sarah is everybody's been truly recognized as having gifts and talents to offer that are different mm-hmm. from one another. So. Uh, you know, as as a lay as a lay person, particularly a lay woman, I can bring, and I do bring certain certain elements that a man wouldn't, uh, or uh, or an ordained man, you know, doesn't bring. Mm-hmm. So we all, and we have quite a few deacons. We have nine deacons, and um, and everybody has their their place, their mm-hmm. calling, you know, their heart for, for ministry. And sure. it's so varied. And between all of us, you know, we really, we work, I think we work well together to, to uh, cover all of the pastoral needs of the parish. Uh, I know that's not always the case in, mm. in some, yeah. um, but as a, as a lay person, I'm a, a married woman with three adult children and three grandkids. So mm-hmm. I certainly have, you know, a, a, a certain perspective and experience and wisdom and knowledge to to bring to certain mm. you know situations let's talk about that a little more deeply you, you talked about um, um, certain elements or we could say gifts charisms the the the, the, the background the, the nature of being a woman that you bring to ministry that that well there were certainly religious sisters and nuns mm-hmm. um, uh, but but prior to Vatican II not so many lay women mm-hmm. involved so um, t- talk about that experience uh, bringing your gifts as a, as a woman and, and, and other women that you've talked to in mm-hmm. the lay ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- w- um, talk about that. I think it's really been helpful in those one-on-one uh, pastoral moments uh, of a woman coming who's uh, having difficulty in marriage, who's having difficulty with her children. And I think there is, there's that... Um, camaraderie there's that you know she she knows that I get that mm-hmm. um, maybe not the particular same issues sure. the particular issues uh, but just knowing what it's like to be uh, mm-hmm. a, a wife and a mom and mm-hmm. you know struggling to balance it all um, so I, th- I think just knowing that the person that they're speaking to can truly gets that and lives it mm-hmm. uh, can be comforting 
and can be helpful. Oftentimes I hear people, certainly non-Catholics, but even Catholics say things like, uh, you know, women don't have uh, a large enough role in the Catholic Church, in the, in the, the power structures, as it's often put. Mm-hmm. And a part of me is sort of sympathetic to that. I th- personally, I think there are other roles they could have. Like, I don't see why a woman can't be a cardinal, for example, right? Mm-hmm. That's not a sacramental role. Right. But I also think to myself, have you met a lay min- female minister? They are swamped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we sort of talked about this earlier, you know, that, that, that lay ministers, especially um, uh, um, ch- uh, children's ministry, youth ministry, they're, they're often burnt out. So um, women are, are in these lay ministry roles b- busier than you could possibly be. What, what do you think about that question of... of uh, as as someone who is a sort of professional Catholic working in lay ministry, um, when you hear people talk about the role of women in the church today, I it's a good question. Um, it, it's come up a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Um, watching the movement of um, that's really actually a, a global movement to restore uh, women to the diaconate. You know, uh, we just celebrated St. Phoebe's Feast Day, mm-hmm. uh, and she's a model of of uh, the diaconate for women. Um, so there's lots of lots of conversations going on, a lot of discussion, and certainly Pope Francis has opened the doors uh, to many women in mm-hmm. in positions within the Vatican that typically weren't. Yeah. Um, so I th- I think that just naturally women bring a certain uniqueness to, to those roles. Mm-hmm. Um, they certainly come with challenges, especially if we do have, uh, families, um, you know, husbands or children to care for or parents, you know, whatever, whatever our family life is. But I think that's also the same too for, uh, for priests and deacons, you know, they have families too, that they're, you know, concerned about, mm-hmm. um, and in ways, you know, on their, on their hearts as, as challenges arise. Um, but with any professional person you have to, uh, in any industry, I, I would think, you know, um, there's always finding that balance, uh, so that to prevent burnout, mm-hmm. you know, to always, to be able to, uh, bring your best to, to your profession. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not much, you know, not unlike other, other places where women balance that in uh, with their profession. Sure. Um, Bishop Robert Barron has often talked about, you know, he sort of grew up in the 70s and he's constantly railing at what he calls dumbed-down Catholicism, um, that for many, many years um, we've, we've, you know, given children a, a basic catechesis, but then as those children become adults, they sort of don't get an adult formation. And there is, I think, a, I'd say an um, a fight within the ministerial world, if you will, about the role of of the intellect. Um, some people just say, you know, that's that's distracting and it turns people off. And and you know, if you start talking about the Trinity or you talk about, you know, any sort of doctrinal position that, that that's especially in the 21st century postmodern world, that people will be turned off by that. All you sort of really need is, you know, a, a help help them foster a relationship with Jesus, a personal relationship with Jesus. What are your sort of thoughts on on the role of the intellectual life? This idea of we've been dumbing down the faith for so long. Uh, other people saying that that 
we we if we start fo- focusing too much on intellectual content that we're going to get distracted and mm-hmm. and people aren't going to be uh, spiritually nourished. What, what is your take on that? I, I, I do, I do agree with him. I, I think I haven't spent a whole lot of time in particularly children's formation. I very started out with preschoolers. So (laughs) it was a very simple, you know, God is, God is good. The world is good. God loves you. Uh, for three, four, and five-year-olds. Sure. So, um, <laughs> we got to start with the basics. Uh, not so much with uh, children, uh, a little bit in, in high school with confirmation preparation, and, and of course, primarily with, with adults. And I, I do, I can see that dumbing down mm-hmm. happening. I think, I, I wonder in, if it's trying to balance mm-hmm. um, helping people first recognize uh, the need for that personal relationship with God, mm-hmm. that personal relationship with Jesus. Because I think that there's certainly my generation and older have said, I didn't even know that I was supposed to have a, a, a personal relationship mm-hmm. with God. Yeah. You know, it was more of let's retain the facts. Let's, right. let's learn. Uh, you know, I, I often hear a lot of um, prisoners still reciting the Baltimore catechism, mm-hmm. you know, so there's, there's, so we've gotten to that place where uh, maybe it was too much, mm-hmm. too too much simplified. Uh, but I think we still have a lot of work to do with with helping mm-hmm. um, from the littlest to the oldest develop that that personal relationship. And yet, it's so important to have the intellectual, yeah. to have the the theology, to have the you know. And of course, that's going to be in you know at, at age appropriate levels, yeah. certainly. Um, but at Padre Sarah, we we have an adult faith formation team, and that's that's our goal is to bring, you know, catechesis and formation for for adults. Sure. Uh, I I personally love to learn. That's yeah. why going back to to school for a master's at you know forty something was you know important to me. Yeah. Um, and I still love to learn. I I do miss being here um, at the seminary and, and learning. Uh, but it's always. Because we grow and develop, and we're not the same person we you know we were three years ago. Right. So, it we we need the we need the um, intellectual. Mm-hmm. We need to understand um, our faith better and deeper. And how how do you in your own ministry do that? I'm guessing if somebody has questions, you don't just plop Thomas Aquinas in their hands and say, "Go read this." <laughs> right? That that's certainly not a unless someone has this sort of philosophical bent, but. Um, in general, that's not the right response. So how do, how do we sort of, uh, in, when you're in the trenches of the parish life, uh, help people intellectually have, a, have an adult understanding mm-hmm. of the faith? Well, I, you know, there are some people I do know who have come to the faith through a very intellectual, academic experience. Sure. Um, I, and I would say I've, I've had those moments myself. Uh, so I think it's important to to know that person mm-hmm. uh, as best you can and and find those things that will feed them and will nourish them. And if it could, if it is Aquinas, if it is Augustine, <laughs> um, if it is something really rich and deep like that, mm-hmm. uh, wonderful. But um, to know where they left off in their faith formation and their mm-hmm. catechesis, and and to to guide them to either. Um, you know, Bible studies or uh, other ministries, mm-hmm. um, our formation um, speakers, 
other uh, opportunities around the diocese or what another parish is doing. It's just finding the right place for them mm-hmm. to take the next step in their in their catechesis in yeah. their in their journey. We both mentioned earlier um, how um, demanding a job like this can be. Although I'm, um, I'd also like to talk about the sort of the rewards later and the rewards of this demanding life. But anytime you have something demanding like this, you, you need support um, in a variety of different ways. So, what would you say are are the needs? of lay ministers today in terms of their support from their spouses, their families, their parishes, their educational institutions, or the church at large? Mm-hmm. How can how can we all support lay ministers better? I think it's, especially coming from the family perspective, it's, it's helpful uh, to have families who understand what the, the expectations, you know, that there are going to be uh, nights and weekends when mm-hmm. you are not home yeah. because you're at the parish. Um, and then, but balancing that with, with your own Sabbath, uh, you know, taking your own time off sure. um, and having families who, who kind of get that uh, is extremely helpful um, among staff, you know, just basically the same to know that, uh, that it's very fluid schedule or mm-hmm. can be. Uh, that the work is fluid, uh, you know, there are seasons and, and times when things are busier, uh, you know, that things are prioritized in a certain way. Um, so, and it, so it's, it's having conversations, it's communicating, you know, our own, uh, what our, what our needs are, mm-hmm. um, what, what's coming up, you know, what we need help with. Mm-hmm. What are the if somebody wanted to do this, um, commit their, their 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 lives to this? What are the sort of skills or background or education or even characteristics of a strong pastoral minister? I think pastoral ministers have the reputation. I think this is mostly true of being extroverts, oh. right? You got you got to love people. It's this is this is a, this is not sit around crunching numbers. You're <laughs> dealing with people, the messiness mm-hmm. of life. Mm-hmm. So, and obviously there are things like our our master's program uh, for pastoral ministry, but what are those skills, background, education, and characteristics needed? I, f- I definitely believe uh, an education, uh, a master's degree mm-hmm. in pastoral ministry, uh, or which whatever theological degree is extremely helpful. Uh, I had more life experience, so when I uh, in parish life and in ministry, and so when I started at the seminary, you know that the the academia that I was experiencing was very much connecting with the experience. So Mm -hmm. I think having uh, that kind of degree, that kind of academic um, foundation is Mm -hmm. very helpful. Um, I think just a, the charisms of this person, I believe I am an introvert. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that about myself, I know what I need to do to Mm -hmm. care for myself and to, uh, energize myself and yeah. how to do that and uh, and know that you know there are going to be some days when when it's all about people and okay. it's and it can be draining um, so introverts can do it <laughs> <laughs> um, and sometimes we 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 might even do it a little better <laughs> mm. certainly can minister to introverts as well talk, talk a little more about that because as I said, the reputation is they're all extroverts. Right. Well, I, I think, uh, I, I, I don't know what the numbers are, but I, 
I have heard that uh, a fair number of, of the ordained are the majority are introverts as well. So you, you learn how to, how to navigate, um, that and how to be in with people and in groups of people, um, or individually. So I, it's not impossible, but I think as an introvert, I, I tend to be more of an observer Mm. and, uh, um, and a listener. Mm. So those, um, uh, Traits, traits of of an introvert serve well. Yeah, serve me well yeah. in uh, particularly one on one ministry or group facilitation. Yeah, I'm not going to name names, but in a previous institution I worked at, there was a woman who was uh, uh, a, a rural campus minister, nice lady, but she talked a lot. And I remember thinking, how can you be an effective minister if you're not listening? Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it yeah. seems to me that that, especially when you're dealing with college students. College students have a lot, and, you, and and they often aren't able to articulate themselves well. So you really have to listen mm-hmm. to what they're saying, even if they're mm-hmm. not saying it well. Um, and yeah, so I, I absolutely agree. This idea of the key um, component of ministry is mm-hmm. simply listening. It, it is, and that's the one thing uh, I. One of the biggest takeaways from my from my academics, uh, particularly my pastoral ministry class, was was pastoral counseling uh, mm-hmm. class was um, bottom line is to listen, yeah. you know, and, and so of course we, we learned how to, how to listen well. And, um, and oftentimes that's really just what people need is somebody to listen to. Yeah. And so, and they don't necessarily need us to fix anything. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't, we're not really supposed to give them advice, you know, yeah. but I mean, we can point them in directions t- for further assistance. Um, so the definitely it's the the ability to listen and listen well mm-hmm. um that last comment there leads me to wonder what how would you articulate the difference between a lay minister and a social worker and even a psychologist so good question um and i've kind of learned this from uh from father patrick my uh, my pastor and and boss and mentor uh is that you know we we're really just we're listening and you know our 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 focus is the the spiritual mm-hmm. and so when we begin to hear things that sound a little bit more like they need um more psychological help you know we can steer them in that direction um a social worker you know i mean i'm, I'm not don't fully know what they do but uh, they don't you know we we don't get in and and begin to you know manage their their situation mm-hmm. or their case or whatever it is. Um, we certainly have resource resources at our fingertips that we can, we can point people, but it's really, you know, our is to, from the, the perspective of, of their faith and mm-hmm. how is their faith going to support them in, in this time of their life, in this challenge, whatever it might be. A uh, few questions about you, if I may. Um, why did you feel called to be a lay minister or how did that discernment happen? It has it has been a nearly a life when I look back because of course you know uh, hindsight is twenty twenty mm-hmm. in looking back and and seeing all of the opportunities I had the experience I had uh, the formation I had um, was just kept building to this point and I think it was it was I'd become a master catechist and I was teaching um, ministry formation centers. And, uh, then we had 
some changes in in um, at Padre Sarah in staffing and realigning people uh, with you know with their gifts in their position, and mm. so I was moved from an administrative position into a hundred percent full time ministry position. Sure. And so it, that was, then I realized, well, I, I need some more. I, I need some, I need to learn more. I need, um, to put some, some knowledge behind this. And so it, it just evolved into, into this position. Mm-hmm. Um, so initially my position was faith life minister because mm-hmm. I was working on a degree and with the hopes and plans of being commissioned a pastoral associate. So that's just, it just kind of went from there, but it was, it was others around me identifying, seeing my gifts and my strengths and my talents and, uh, helping me foster those and, and put them in to use in the right place. Mm -hmm. So I I would say Father Patrick was very, was a a key player in that, Mm -hmm. um, because I had been in administration, uh, for a while. Uh, My, most of my paid ministry was was in the admin side Mm -hmm. and everything I did volunteer was primarily, um, catechetical world. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was just aligning my heart for ministry. Um, even dealing with, you know, all of the, the administrative functions of, of parish life, you know, and, and buildings and finances and all of those things, my heart for ministry still shined through. So he, you know, we, uh, changed course mm-hmm. and uh and and then I, I just that's I knew I was I was home in that <laughs> in that new role in that in that ministry of um faith life minister now mm-hmm. pastoral associate mm-hmm. for you personally what are the some of the joys and rewards but also the challenges of lay ministry today oh my gosh the joys and rewards is to be a witness to another person's uh, conversion, mm-hmm. healing, um, kind of their aha moments mm-hmm. of, of faith, uh, of their deepening of their relationship with God, um, and, and taking the next steps, you know, and, and seeing somebody who had, who, who didn't have very much engagement with, with parish life or with their faith even, um, just flourish in it. Um, so that is just a joy. Uh, and to, to be peop- trusted with people's, um, pain and sorrow, um, is a gift, uh, to, to be trusted with, with their most, um, precious feelings and, mm-hmm. um, in pain is, is, um, not that I would want that for anybody, but when they have no place to turn and they come to their parish to be the person to listen to them, mm-hmm. uh, is, is a real gift. We mentioned earlier the sort of um, formation that uh, lay ministers often need, and, and you are, as I mentioned in the beginning, an alumna of the the uh, MAPM program, the MA and Pastoral Ministry program. When it was for about fifteen years, I think it was um, an on campus program. It's now online. Um, how did that program shape you? And I wasn't here at the time, mm-hmm. and I never was mm-hmm. your professor, mm-hmm. so obviously I'm not looking for. Uh, uh, for you to say anything about me because because mm. we uh, we just met last year, but uh, how did this program shape you and, and and the ways that you've become a minister? I remember applying for the program, and one of our deacons said to me, and he had come through the the program previously, 
he said, why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. And I just must have had this look on his face, on on my face. And he he says, are you doing this for information or transformation? Mm -hmm. And I hadn't really thought about that. Mm -hmm. I knew, I, I definitely knew I wanted the information. I wanted the uh, the, the book learning, mm-hmm. you know, um, the studies, I wanted all of that. Little did I know that, that the transformation that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think typically if you go full time, it's a two year process. Correct. Um, I didn't have, wasn't afforded that uh, ability just because of working full time and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and family life. So I just did one class a semester, which was just a fine pace for me. Yeah. So it ended up being eight years and so it was, uh, I, I have likened it to a cocoon. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was a time that I literally kind of j- drove right next door, drove through the, the tunnel of trees, <laughs> and felt like I was in this most sacred place mm-hmm. um, to, to learn um, what I didn't really realize until later was, mm-hmm. was the transformation, was the, um, my own spiritual growth mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and relationship with God. Mm-hmm. that grew along with all of the book knowledge. How have you been able to sort of um, help others in their spiritual transformation? I mean, obviously for the book learning part where we talked about, you can transmit that um, in obvious ways, but what about that, that more intangible transformation? I think it comes in, in faith sharing, particularly uh, I'm thinking of uh, when the pandemic started um, Bishop Dave started Gospel Hangout, and I started two groups that are still going today. And it's funny because the, there's a Tuesday morning group. They all see each other at Mass in the morning, and then mm. they come home, and we all get on Zoom. <laughs> and so it's, it's pretty funny. Mm. Um, and we've had people come in and go out, and, um, but we have uh, the best conversations around the Gospel that we heard the previous Sunday. Mm. Yeah, we do a Lexio Divina sure. process very loosely, but um, it's it's really those those moments of um, conversation with one another. We have all learned from one another, um, so I think it's those those intimate, faith filled conversations that um, have helped. I think that do help people um, grow in their relationship with God. And I know it's happening in other ministry groups, uh, within our, within our parish. We mentioned earlier the, the, the difficulties, the stresses, uh, one thing that we haven't mentioned though, is a reality is, is you're not going to get rich being a lay minister. <laughs> um, but if you want to encourage someone to, to, to respond to God's call or live the life of lay ministry, what, what would you say? How, how will they be fulfilled, and why would someone want to do this, lead, mm. lead this life? Oh, my gosh. There's the, well, I always joke that the, you know, the, the reward comes later, you know. <laughs> the, it comes, comes later in heaven. Um, you know, the pay is what it is, mm-hmm. but, you know, when you take it seriously, you realize in your life what you really need. Mm-hmm. So some of the material things, you know, just kind of, we, we realize we just don't need. So, uh, in terms of, of that kind of, uh, reward, mm-hmm. uh, in payment, it, 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 it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's what comes with the reward of knowing that we are bringing people to God and wherever they are in their journey, mm-hmm. uh, at least providing the, 
the opportunities and, and the best way uh, to do that. So it's lots of rewards, mm-hmm. lots of rewards. Monetarily, I mean, it's the church. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we don't get paid too much. Exactly. But <laughs> uh, Final question. Uh, I always like to end on a note of hope. We are a people of hope, specifically hope in the re- resurrection. Um, when you look at uh, some of the things we talked about, the ministerial problems and challenges in the life of the church today, um, what gives you hope? What gives me hope is looking around at, at, at the people, particularly in my parish, that, that um, you know, I, even though I said earlier, you know, there's the less engagement, but when somebody does engage, it's, um, it, it's life-giving. And, I, and so I have hope that, um, that people will continue, you know, um, in, in their faith journeys. I have hope that, um, you know, I think Pope Francis is, has been good for our church and I have hope in, in, in the Holy Spirit who's, who's guiding the church and, and our leaders and, and all of us that, uh, we will, that we will continue because sometimes it feels like, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it can be a real challenge. Um, but I, but the hope is there. The Holy Spirit is, is working mm-hmm. abundantly. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for your time, and I didn't say this earlier, but um, you're, you're a big supporter of the MAPM. You, you came uh, to, to St. John's and, and were part of our, our commercial, our four-minute <laughs> promotional video, so I wanted to thank you for that and, sure. and, uh, and, and other ways that you and I in the past year have, have uh, corresponded in the way okay. you've supported this program in St. John's. So thank you for the time today, and thank you for your support of this program. You're welcome, and thank you. Our culture is in a crisis, and the solution to that crisis is the gospel message. St. John's Seminary, the seminary of the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, offers an online MA in pastoral ministry degree for anyone interested in receiving formation for ministry. This program helps students improve their knowledge of the Catholic intellectual tradition and develop practical skills for ministry. A studio with professional video, audio, and lighting equipment allows our students to have an enjoyable technological experience, a necessity for any online learning environment. Anyone who is working in and around the Roman Catholic Church in North America needs an education like this. There's no way you could get this kind of education anywhere than at a seminary. Our online Master of Arts in Pastoral Ministry offers you the chance to continue your education in ministry and designed to provide you with the knowledge, spiritual formation, and practical skills that you need to serve the family of God in our parishes, schools, and other ministries. By grounding yourself in the intellectual tradition of the Catholic Church, you will be able to go out into this culture and leaven it with the good news.